0: Um, But no, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Honestly, selfishly, I feel like we did not continue our conversation from uh, social media week, so so I'm like, bring you on the podcast to finish it. Um, Yeah, because I thought you had such a fascinating perspective, so thank you for coming on, and thank you all once again for tuning into another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine Season 6 where we have reached our 100th episode. I've talked to 100 Black people on this podcast. Amazing at that. And today I have an amazing individual that not only understands the world of marketing, PR, as well as social media, but it's not often that we get to be a top voice on LinkedIn. (laughs)
1: Man, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Uh, You know, I said this before we started recording, but um, yeah, I've been listening to some of the episodes. It's been great. But also, I think uh, whenever I get reached out to be on podcasts or, you know, to get my perspective, I'm I'm always honored because there's so many great voices in the space. So thank you again.
0: Absolutely. And on today's show, who you just heard was Lindsey Gamble, and he is currently the Associate Director of Influencer Innovation at an all-in-one influencer marketing platform. Can you tell the people at home a little bit about where you work and what you do day to day?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I work at a a company called Maverick. So as you said, an all-in-one influencer marketing platform. Um, I've been there, it'll be five years in November. Uh, we basically, we're a SaaS company at heart. Uh, we provide a platform where brands can license it out and basically, you know, do everything from step one to step 10 or whatever it is in terms of influencer marketing. So they can use it to find creators, contract them, brief them, uh, have them create content report on that. The other aspect is uh, what we call our professional services, which is kind of like our in-house agency. Um, brands will, uh, tap us to help them build their influencer marketing program Everything from strategy to execution. Uh, My particular role as the Associate Director of Influencer Innovation um, is really focused on helping brands become early adopters or first movers when working with creators. So that could be uh, activating creators on new and emerging platforms outside just typical Instagram and TikTok. It could be really uh, leveraging creators in a deeper, um, more uh, valuable way, such as leveraging them for creator insights or bringing them deeper into your business. I love that. I mean, I've heard you already within the last
0: couple of seconds. If I don't know if you noticed it or not, go back and forth between the word creator and influencer. Can
1: you break down the difference between those two words? Yeah, it's it's been a, a great debate over the last couple of years. I try to use creator, or I not try. I mostly use creator um, when I'm talking about you know people that create content or or do art or whatever it is. And then I think when I think of how brands work with creators, I call it influencer marketing. Um, You know, a creator doesn't, I think the biggest difference is like whether someone has an audience or some type of influence, you can be a creator, right? You can create art and necessarily not have an audience that is looking out for that. Or maybe you just don't share it where an influencer, you don't necessarily have to, you don't necessarily have to be a creator or be able to, you know, produce video content, video content, uh, video content, or photo content, but you have some type of influence. So the biggest difference between the both is really the audience, whether one has one or not.
0: Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, I think, breaking that down. I mean, the more that I personally think about the word influencer and more so, honestly, the landscape of social media, um, respectfully, and I still use it, too, and not not any shade or anything like that, but I respectfully feel like it's a dated word um, now, only based on how we know it. Um, and sometimes I think that there are some creators that feel like being called an influencer is almost um, kind of downplaying what they do on the day to day. So um, I appreciate you providing your context, because I do think that the industry is still, you know, at um, kind of a, um, a crossroad of, OK, well,
1: what is the appropriate word to use? Yeah, it's really interesting. I've been watching uh, this is a couple of uh, new docu series on the age of influence, influence, and it talks about like some of the, the things that have happened with influencers and most of the negative part. So I think a lot of, unfortunately, the word influencer has became this negative uh, connotation. And so I, I see the future being everyone uh, being called a, a creator, but there are people that do prefer the word influencer.
0: Yeah. Now, I love what your company does and also what you're on a mission to do because you work for this all-in-one influencer marketing platform. But can you talk about the multiple kind of gaps that you see within a lot of brands and or companies when it comes to um, making their influencer or creator
1: program scalable? Yeah, I mean, the great thing about platforms is that it helps with making it scalable. And I think that's why there's a maverick. There's, you know, other people in our space that uh, where brands are gravitating towards where they can they can get out of the spreadsheets and, you know, not do so much manual work where they can kind of source creators at scale and and kind of brief them all at once and do all the things that, um, you know, allow you to uh, benefit from those, uh, you know, scalable tasks. Um, I think the gaps today is like, you know, platforms are great, but there's still that human aspect, right? So it's kind of like, how do you balance the best of technology, but also knowing uh, brands working with creators is really built on relationships. Uh, you know, it, it, there might be a transaction and you paying a creator to post a piece of uh, content, but there's a human aspect in terms of the communication, that relationship. And so um, I think that's some of the, the gap that uh, exists where, if you leverage a platform, it's kind of harder to build those relationships. And if you're not leveraging the platform, you might build those relationships, but you're not able to scale.
0: Yeah. Now, what were you doing before all this quirky stuff and this influential social, <laughs> you know, this this thing is still very much so
1: very new, but what were you doing 20 years ago? Uh, in school. So I graduated uh, 2010 uh, from Bryant University with a degree in communications. Um, you know, I always wanted to work in social media, but I actually went in there as a finance major okay. and after a semester or so I switched to communications, you know, I, I love writing and I love being creative. Um, like I grew up drawing. So that was a better major. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I graduated from college, you know, I wanted to play professional football and did some trials and whatnot. The next goal was getting a social media job, whether it's a manager or a PR, mm-hmm. unfortunately I had trouble getting that, that role because I didn't have any internships in it or any experience. Um, so I temped for a while. I actually ended up working at Dana-Farber, which is a cancer hospital. Okay. Um, and, you know, I temped there for a little bit and then I end up getting a full-time job in clinical research. So nice. reviewing all the clinical trials, which is something I never imagined myself doing. But yeah. um, I think about that experience was awesome because everyone's been impacted by cancer. I unfortunately lost my dad a couple of years of cancer. Um, and while I wasn't passionate about the work itself, um, it gave me the ability to, you know, pay my bills and whatnot. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, in order to get that hands-on experience, I launched a hip-hop blog where I covered the local hip-hop scene in Boston, but also, uh, you know, interviewed national talent, you know, Kendrick Lamar, um, started to build up this brand um, and started to cover events, manage artists, um, you know, a little bit of everything, you know, build the, the website, build a social media presence. Yep. And so I was able to do this while I was working my job and then eventually was able to, to Take that after six and a half years or seven years at Dana-Farber and get a job in uh, the influencer marketing space at an agency before Maverick. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. And then even at my career at Maverick, I've gone to a couple of roles where I was focused on running campaigns um, and really executional, where today it's more about big thinking and uh, helping the business have an impact at the, the company level. Nice, nice. I mean, in order for you to be, you know,
0: launch a hip hop blog, that means that you have to be a music head. If you happen to be stranded on top of Mars, and you could only have the discography of three Black music artists, which three <laughs> Black music artists would you select? All right. Tupac, number
1: one. Uh, two, yeah, Tupac. I don't even have to explain, but Tupac's the goat. Um i would have to say drake too you know right he's he's moving fast people he's moving fast i grew up up with drake i'm a millennial nice Um, and And with
0: drake you know what with drake i'll even throw in the like mixtape so like the like the 2008
1: oh 2008 yeah i mean i found out about drake when i was in college i remember i was hanging out with um a friend and she played so far gone and i'm like i heard i heard uh it was, it, was a game, it was a game changer it's yeah. so it's we actually sleep
0: on it now so i appreciate you giving it love yeah,
1: yeah. uh drake little wayne and uh bun b on um i can't remember the song but what we'll, we'll, well i'll remember at some point okay the third one uh gucci man, gucci oh, man. I'm, like hey. an original, I'm an original gucci man fan i've been a gucci man fan since uh maybe 2007 what? and i used to get made fun of it because of just the you know his mannerisms and yeah 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 you know, he's, he's, he's a he's a goat and especially in the Atlanta hip-hop scene absolutely um, i mean um, that's called a prick half a brick yeah. half, that's hey yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. so very different i could obviously go old school but you know i, I love hip-hop i love rap i love you know yeah. southern hip-hop and that, that's those are things i listen to on a daily basis
0: i love that i appreciate you sharing that You know, you mentioned your comms major and so much of what we do is in the center of culture. I recently been reading a book, it's called For the Culture by my good friend Marcus Collins. If you had to give a dose of anything for the culture or to the culture, what would you like to give the culture a dose of? Yeah, it's
1: a great, uh, great question. In terms of what would I recommend or what's missing,
0: what's lacking from the culture?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, togetherness. Right. I think, um, you know, as a black community, we got to continue to stick together and uplift each other and, uh, you know, be able to support each other, you know, however we can. And I think that's that's happening today, but there can always be more of that. I think, you know, what what I what everything I do, you know, mm-hmm. being, there's not a lot of people that look like us in marketing. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. at You know, leadership roles or whatever it is. And so we need to keep making sure that we inspire, you know, our current generation, but also the next generation. Because, you know, when I was thinking about going to social media, I really didn't know who to go look at, right? You know, all the people I see were, you know, a different race and the, the typical person. And so we just need to keep supporting each other and, and being able to take the time out to, you know, provide advice or look, open the door for, um, you know, your your fellow, um, you know, person and everything around that.
0: Yeah togetherness. I like that. We need more of that. I mean, that's, that's the main reason why I even started this podcast because even with so many people, I think that I love social media and I like that connection, but I also feel like we lose that, um, the ability to be vocal with each other. I mean, especially if you think about the last three years with the pandemic, we're almost having to relearn our communication styles, you know, like, I mean, I see you at social media week and it's like, okay, what do I, but trust me, there were some other brothers in there that were like, what do I say? What, what, <laughs> what do I do but like you know but it was just great to just like chat with you and vibe and connect so yeah that's we, real
1: yeah and I, I think too we we all face a lot of similar challenges right you 100%. know sometimes we're the only ones in the room and um, I think about that too it's like how do you balance out being yourself but also knowing there's these kind of established norms and you know whenever we can share experiences like this is a great conversation we had a great conversation at social media week um, that led to an opportunity right for both of us
0: yes yeah and you know I used to when I used to be in some rooms I used to not be able to really kind of fathom or understand when there were one to two black people in the room and that person didn't talk to me but what I later on realized in life is that there is so much that some individuals are up against that even through talking to another Black person in the room, they don't know how that's going to be perceived. And I do hope that some of those walls get put down to where we realize, hey, this is community. Yes, you know, we want to be diverse of like everyone that we're talking to. But, you know, to really just have that connection is, is strong. Like we shouldn't move away from it, you know.
1: Yeah, and and speaking about social media week, like that lunch, um, I, I know you weren't able to make it. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Y- y'all keep but,
0: wanting to rub it on in every time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. but that, but you that, know.
0: Um, and Colin, Colin from Ad Week is on the podcast this season. So yeah, nice,
1: nice. Yeah, that that was awesome. Like that was unexpected. You know, I rolled to the conference by myself, and you know, I didn't go, but I didn't have any colleagues, and you know, I didn't. I knew a few people that you know from a distance. Yeah, but it was awesome just to be in that room and be able to kind of get names and faces and and kind of just that you know like we talked about t- togetherness in a place yeah. that you know we're we're one of a few. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to miss the jerseys behind you. I know that you were formerly,
0: <laughs> you know, a football player, but how has sports and you, you know, playing uh, football been incorporated in your overall leadership style?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a plays a big role. I think a lot about uh, when I work for you know Maverick or any company like. I think about it from a sports lens, you know, Um, you know, I I played football in high school and college and had, you know, I would say a pretty good career and, you know, was able to accolades championships, all those different things. But um, it was always about the team, especially in the game of football. Like I played running back and that's just one aspect. Um, You know, the line doesn't block, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. You could be talented as ever, but if your teammates don't, you know, hit the right block, they won't do the right motion. The QB doesn't get you the ball. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so when I think about work, um, you know, there's times you're going to be the, you know, the the spotlight employee or the person that someone goes to, but there's also times that you're going to, you know, you might not, you might have an off game Mm -hmm. and and more importantly, from a leadership standpoint, it's how do you elevate your game from a work standpoint, but also know when to, um, you know, be not necessarily always be the voice, but how do you lead with example, um, and so the way I think about that, too, is also like it's not all, all about me, you know, um, regardless of accolades, or list that I make. It's like I'm I'm here for Maverick. I'm here for the company. And yeah. how can I, you know, uh, make those sacrifices, whether it's taking on more work or taking the time out to teach someone or stepping up to the plate, um, as opposed to thinking uh, as myself as just a star player that, you know, is looking to get the next yard or the next promotion or whatnot.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I understand that. Basically, you're you're being the captain of the team and, you know, everyone is is following, so that's what yeah. it's all about. Um I wanted to really ask you, how do you keep how do you continue to keep up with all the crap that is going on in this influencer space? I say <laughs> respectfully, this is coming from someone, I mean, listen, I I've been doing social media for a long time, but I've also been very vocal that this is one of the hardest <laughs> industries to stay on top of, to keep, to stay on, just keep track of. For the last year, I feel like I've been working for Twitter just by the amount of governance (laughs) that I have to provide on what Elon Musk is doing. What, do you have a process for that? Do you look at
1: blogs? Do you try
0: to disconnect so you can stay connected? How do you stay on top of
1: it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, You know, I don't have like a formal process. It's just something I've been doing for a while now, five plus years. And like I back to when I, you know, ran the hip hop blog, you know, I stopped running that blog and eventually transitioned into where my website is today, where it's like writing about social media and the field that I want to get into at that point. Yeah. Um, and so there's, you know, there's blogs that I go to like a traditional social media today, you know, TechCrunch. There's all okay. those big publications that I'll, you know, I'll visit every morning. There's, you know, newsletters that I follow. There's people that I follow. Um, but the most important thing that I think is just like practice, right? I, I, my, what I thought is that, you know, especially in influencer marketing is so new, um, you know, there's experts, but there's still a lot of room for people to be experts. And so my thought is that if I can not know everything, but if I can know what's happening in the social media space and influencer marketing enough where I can, um, be able to talk to people of all levels and provide that value, that's Mm -hmm. a way for me to stand out, but also, uh, more importantly, to not just know what the latest and greatest Twitter feature is or Instagram feature is, yeah. but to uh, look at that feature and think about how it impacts the ecosystem so that you start breaking down the concepts and you start to realize that a lot of the trends are the same and they repeat over time. Yep. And you're able to predict, you know, what platforms next, you know, how where creators going next um, and kind of make those connections. So, I mean, when, when it comes to the manual aspect of it, I'm a morning person. So I get up early, I work out. Yeah. I write my letter. I search. Um, I just put in you know, the extra hours because uh, I'm passionate about it and, and I kind of want my career to go to certain places. So that's that's what I think is needed for my end.
0: I love that. Um, KPIs, let's talk about that for a brief second, only because I think when you are working in the influencer space and you are building everything that you're building, um, you know, just as much as you're kind of going through research and newsletters to really find those insights and learn more about, um influencers and how they're operating what's the best way to identify KPIs and like a way to actually benchmark your overall performance with you know uh working with creators or influencers
1: yeah I think the the number one key to success for influencer marketing really starts with what are your goals and objectives you know so many brands want to do influencer marketing and sometimes they don't know what KPIs they want to track towards what goals they want to do or maybe they know they want to be on TikTok but is there a yeah. reason why you want to be on TikTok how is that aligned with your goals and so it's really like from a brand standpoint, like what do you want to accomplish? Is it aware, awareness? Is it conversions? Is it clicks? Is it content generation? And, and that ladders that really sets the tone for your influencer marketing strategy. Yep. And so once you kind of have that outline, you can decide, you know, the best creators, the best messaging, the best platforms, and you know, all those different aspects. And then, you know, when it comes to KPIs itself, um, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. If you're a brand that is already worked with influencers, you have. Performance from you know two or three campaigns. Yeah. that can be like your baseline benchmarks. Um if you you know to start with, there's so many platforms out there, like a maverick, there's so many agencies that uh publish reports where you can understand how much it costs to activate a creator, engagement rates, impressions. That's a great uh data source to use. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones is just you know, um, you know, uh testing and learning, right? Over time, you start to understand, hey, on Instagram. I might get a uh, lower reach because the algorithm changes well. TikTok, I get a higher reach. And so you benchmark based on those nuances. Yep. Uh, but I, I think benchmarking KPIs change and evolve as platforms change. Mm-hmm. And then you have to kind of start with something and you're not going to always hit them, but you need to know kind of why you didn't hit them and whether you need to adjust them to really uh, be realistic with what you're hoping to accomplish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, my friends, is what a LinkedIn top voice sounds like. Okay. <laughs> That's why they ain't just throw that title on there. Okay. That's why I got it. Everybody can be a top voice. My posts are too ratchet, so they haven't given me the top <laughs> voice, yet, but I'm working towards it. The day uh, I'm talking about Boosie and City Girls, maybe LinkedIn will uh you know have, have yeah. diversity through that, right?
1: Yeah, they, they need everything,
0: they need everything. So, you know, I call this show a dose of black joy and caffeine because, you know, we, we, we know what the downs are so often in life and all that times, but we can always talk about the ups. And one thing that brings so many people, so many people joy is vacation. What was the last great vacation that you went on?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, we, we just went, me and my wife went um, to New Hampshire. We do, we do a lot of hiking. So nice. uh, for the most part, Yeah. We, We've been we do we always do vacations that built around hiking so national parks, um you know, hiking up in New Hampshire. But I would have to say uh actually our honeymoon. So we got married last July. So we're coming up on our one-year anniversary and we wow, did like congratulations. Wait, what's
0: the wait, what's the what's the anniversary date? I'm gonna make sure this goes live on the anniversary. Oh man. July,
1: July eighth. July eighth. It's happening. We're gonna try to make that happen. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, we went to Turks and Caicos. And so oh, I'm going,
0: I'm going on Monday.
1: Oh, man. Have you been before? No, bro. I'm staying at Rock House. Okay. okay. Uh, I, with okay. That. okay. And I can't think of the place we stayed at today, right now. No stars. way. Okay. cool, uh, man. But yeah, it was awesome because like we just always, you know, hike and, you know, we're always on a go and like, you know, we got married and had this big moment and we were able yeah. to just chill out for five days and, go snorkeling you know sit yeah. on the beach just really relax you know we both we both work hard so it's nice to just actually disconnect from that
0: yeah okay so you went snorkeling what else did you do like I'll um on the- yeah, we
1: dinner it's it's expensive so. oh, <laughs> a lot goodness. of okay. dinner um you know, to, to yeah oh, okay. yeah yeah it's, it's worth it though it's you know it's the especially with that moment yeah um, snorkeling we hung out on the beach every day. Um, you know, went to they had restaurants. We say the resort, so they had restaurants that were next yep. to the resort. Um, went there, they had music. Nice. Um, you know, it was pretty cool. I, are you how how much are you into football, college football at all? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um Ed who who's you the LSU coach. What? Yeah, he, w- he was at, I, we, we met him, we ate breakfast next to him and talked to him for a little bit. Oh, yeah.
0: What, what he didn't did want to say was he was at our resort. So that goes to show you what type of resort they were at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. He, I, I he, feel was his, he was there with his lady friend, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we're at our room and I'm like, I see this guy, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Ed Arndron. And then um, <laughs> later on, we saw him on the beach and I said hi and stuff. He thought I was like an old LSU player. And I'm like, no, I just wanted to say hi. And then we got sat next to him and his, girlfriend at at breakfast so that that's a that's a funny honeymoon story
0: I love that yeah well listen I'm glad that you did that and yes I will be there um cool. on Monday so um yeah more to come on that front and um you know I think you know to that point I always like to say that vacation brings a lot of people joy but also too your background is just so extensive um especially you just, it seems like you had a clear, not like a straight path to, to, lead, to going into comms, going into social media. What was the foundation of that um, kind of built on? If you had to pick three building blocks to build your foundation in terms of your path, what would you say is one word that would be on each one of those building blocks?
1: Yeah, I think the first one's probably uh, being proactive. I think about a lot of the things that I've been able to do and whether it's success in football or, or the workplace, it's really uh, doing things without planning so much or like yeah. taking taking control of your own life. I think when I started the website, like no one wanted to hire me because I had no experience. Instead of me waiting for someone to you know offer me a job, I said, you know what? I'm going to go and build this thing and learn. Nice. And so that's how I approach a lot of things. Like with some of the lists I made, like it was all kind of like, all right, I, w- I want to be an expert, considered an expert. So let me put in the work to do it. And, mm-hmm. and typically things fall in place. And when they don't fall in place, the next thing is like getting through adversity. Um, yeah. You know, like most people in their lives, I've had a lot of adversity. That's you know, family members passing. You know, not you know, accomplishing goals. You know, making mistakes and and doing the wrong thing. But um, you know, I think adversity is something that I, if I ever write a book, it'll be focused around that. Just no, you me. will.
0: You will write a book. <laughs> you, you will when you write your book.
1: Yeah, for, exactly just being able to get through the tough times. It's like, you know, there's going to always be things that happen, you know, uh, for everyone, personal work. You know, when I got laid off, it seemed like my world was crumbling and I made the, the worst mistake and it, and it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so the more you go through those challenges, the more that you can kind of see the path forward, you might not know what's next. You might not know what your next opportunity is, but if you know there's a, if you can take a step forward, you're going to be able to get through those things. And the more they happen, happen the easier it is to get through and ultimately you have the most growth when you go through adversity and challenging times Um, yeah that's how i learned the more i put myself in uncomfortable situations um that's when i have the most growth so i always i don't seek out adversity or challenges but i I embrace them when they do happen Mm -hmm. and then the third one is just believing in yourself i think you know I, i always hear people um you know say they um you know suffer with imposter syndrome and i and i understand that but I think, you know, if you're in a place where you are, you you deserve that. And so you really need to kind of believe in yourself and believe that you should be in that room, believe that you can be an expert in that field, believe that you can get that done. Um, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And it's not so much, it's kind of manifesting, but it's not so much just saying that you actually have to do the things that go along with it. Yeah. But I think, you know, in the world today, you really just got to believe in your abilities and believe um, what you bring to the table is special and unique and um, more times than not, similar to going to adversity, that, that will lead you into the right path. And I think those three things, uh, a lo- plus a lot more, yeah. you know, have been kind of the foundation of you know whatever success I've had and you know everything I've been able to accomplish up until now.
0: I love that. So for the people listening at home, I'm sure it ranges from brands and or other people that, based off of everything you said, they're trying to figure out how do they work with you. So for somebody interested in you know, working, uh, or has more questions about Maverick, what's the best place that they can go to actually learn or find out more information about it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Lindsey Gamble on LinkedIn. I'm always happy do to top do, top. do top voices respond or? Yes, of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> I, I, pretty, I I will say I am pretty responsive, uh, to, you know, people when it's sales stuff and like, uh, but even in that, um, to me, like, you know, I just put myself in the other person's position where like if they are out for advice or something, I, I would want them to do the same. So I try to do that. That's um, but yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn if you want to learn more about Maverick and, and or just a career yes. company. Um, you know, this maverick.co to learn about what we do as a business. Um, you know, my website, lindsaygamble.com. Uh it shouldn't be too hard to find me, but I I'm more than happy to have a conversation with any brands, marketers or creators or anyone that's just wanting to 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 connect. So uh, I leave that open.
0: I love that. Well, you all heard it here first. And yes, I encourage you all to follow him, not only on LinkedIn, but also across other platforms. So before you get out of here, I know that this is a really, really broad question, but we are halfway through the year. If you had to identify or you want to kind of talk to any trends um, or things that are really top of mind within the creator influencer space, what what are some of the things that people should have their eyes on? Sure.
1: Um, I will go with the first obvious one is AI, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen AI is really changing the game for not just influencers, creators, but all of marketing and advertising. And it's something that, you know, I think we all have to lean into, like it's not going anywhere. And so, um, you know, I, I think for, you know, especially on the, the creative economy, it's having a huge impact where, um, you know, tools like chat and some of the text to image tools are giving people that weren't necessarily creators before the ability to take the imagination and really bring it to life, and so I use it a- for
0: a poem on a date. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know you're married, but trust me, it's it's rough out here in these streets, and so Chat yep. GPT
1: has helped me, my brother. Wait, wait, I, I have a comment. Yeah, I will. I have a comment. Well, I'll we'll come back
0: that. to that. Sorry, we'll come back to it. Keep on going. Uh,
1: no, no, um, yeah. So it's birthing a new pool of creators that, similar to like what the iPhone did for photographers and what TikTok yeah. did for videographers. Now this is bringing more people into the pool, which is awesome. There's gonna be friction between creators and whether brands leverage AI uh, to produce content and less creators, but there's, you know, creators will always adapt. I think they'll figure out to lean how to lean into that. Um, oh, my thought is that AI is also helping relationships. So I read a week <laughs> ago and my wife, um, she used to proofread it and uh-huh. then as opposed to having her proofread it after she's been working her tail off, um, I now just running through, um, you know, an AI thing that's to check for any typos and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So it's not just helping with content creation. It's saving save relationships. Yeah. <laughs> be...
0: yeah, absolutely. And saving time. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, for definitely. sure. Respectfully.
1: The other trend I would say is just um, the creator to employee pipeline. Um, mm-hmm. So think about creators. So brands are usually working on creators on sponsored content. Then the next evolution of that is like ambassador programs where you work with a creator long term, you have them create content, always on, evergreen, every month, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of steps after that, but I think uh, the or the trend that we're seeing today is brands bringing creators in house for like full time or consulting roles. Yeah. So really uh, le- leveraging their expertise even more. So this could be them, uh, you know, bringing them in as a creator in residence role, or even hiring them for you know traditional marketing roles where they can really leverage their their full scope of skills from content creation, audience building, uh, community engagement, and really um, just the the skills they develop as a creator that you might not get as a a regular employee. And so I'm really interested to see how that opens up more doors for creators that want a steady paycheck, but um, you know, want to be able to go to a big, big brand and learn for a little bit or be able to, you know, be a creator and an employee in kind of, you know, reap the benefits of both. So those are the things I'm most excited about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think think it's also too very, very strong just to have that. Like, I mean, I definitely want someone that has a strategic mindset that is, you know, buttoned up processes and procedures. But when you do bring a creator in-house, there's something about the output that is obviously stronger and it looks better. So, um, I mean, I think that's smart. I think that the bigger question is going to be do those creators want to be, (laughs) you know, because there's also a lot of red tape around that particular uh, structure that you just outlined.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big challenge. So there's like the benefits are you get a paycheck. Right. But then you—that's taking time away from you being a creator. Then also, depending on your industry, it can overlap and be kind of, you know, a gray area. You know, if you think about kind of what I do and the content I share, it's it overlaps with, you know, the yeah. work yeah, right, yeah, 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 it's yeah, a yeah. Benefit, but also it's kind of like, you know, it, 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 there's a gray area there, and so yeah, it is something that uh, brands and creators will need to navigate. I would always encourage brands and uh, companies that have creators in house already to really lean into those people because. Um, for the skill set, but also really support them. Because I think in the future, is like everyone's going to be uh, creative, whether it's full-time or part-time. And, you know, if I, I love creating content. And if you're not able to create content, um, you know, while you work a job, like people are going to go elsewhere or start to, you know, say, hey, I don't want to work a full-time job because I want the flexibility to be able to do this thing I'm really passionate about. And I'm able to monitor. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's facts. That's facts.
1: Oh, we may need a part two, but, you know, we can't, we can't give all the
0: gems. That's why we need people in your DMs, because, you know, that's the secret sauce. But again, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Any final words before you get out of here? No, I just want to thank you for having me. This was a of course. awesome conversation. I learned a lot. I hope people learned a lot from this conversation, but um, really respect what you're what you're building with this platform and looking thank forward you. to diving into some more conversations to learn myself.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I have one, I have one nugget final question. That's okay with right. you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Let's go.
0: I just want to know what is your thoughts on emerging platforms uh when it comes to creators and influencers? Um, how do you navigate through that? Because obviously the approach is a little different depending on the platform. So is it something that you encourage people listening to lean into right away, or what what does
1: that look like? It's a great question. It's a question that's similar to my conversation with brands. I think it's kind of um you know, there's like Lemonade, there's uh, Blue Sky, there's all the Twitter alternatives. Um, there's what T two. There's all these alternatives yeah. out there. And, but and speaking come, of
0: Twitter, in on alternatives, shout out to Spill. I'm really yes, that's what it. I was thinking.
1: The the, the yeah. black yeah. one that Stated I couldn't dead. think. Uh, Spill, I'm so glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah, we're excited about that.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it's kind of like bouncing out. You know, I'm all my whole thing is about innovation and experimentation. So for me, I'm always on platforms early. I was early on Instagram a while ago. I, I started posting on Lemon Eight before it started getting on the headlines back in February. Um, and so I think if you have the capacity as a creator to experiment with those platforms early on, I would do it because the opportunity to be a first mover and the opportunity to grow your audience, like um, that could be a, a that could be pr- pretty great. You know, if you look at TikTok. Everyone that leaned into TikTok uh, early on were able to grow these massive audiences by being first movers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got to balance out not kind of just jumping on anything. So it's kind of balancing out like uh, experimenting, seeing what that platform can do for you, and then knowing what to, to pull pull back. I think what's great about a lot of the platforms today is you know, especially around short-form video is that it's super easy to repurpose that content. You can create a short-form video, you can post it to TikTok, you can post it to Instagram, you can post it to YouTube Shorts even, even Twitter, um, Facebook, and then there's, uh, lemonade, which you can post to as well. Yeah. And so if you can repurpose that content, get learnings, um, early on and make it, you know, kind of not take up so much of your time. That's a great way to kind of, uh, balance out, not being too late, but also balance out, um, you know, not putting your eggs in new baskets that don't pan out.
0: Uh Awesome, man. We hear you loud and clear. And thank you so much. I encourage you all to make sure that you follow him on LinkedIn, always posting something that is significant. And thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode. As always, stay safe, drink a ton of water, and remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I am adieu.